Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, me beautiful people, mi gente bella. Welcome to another edition of Santana Says, where we talk about everything from Roblox to relationships, everything in between, and the overall journey of life. I am excited, as always, to bring you another edition of the show, but I'm always extra, extra pumped when we get to have a dope guest. So I am super excited. I'm going to need y'all to get into this uh, because I have the one and only Angela Flowers. Yes, yes. Um, but I think it's an incredible story that we have to share about how we cross paths and all the great things that we've been able to experience. But I feel like there's no one better to tell that story than the wonderful woman uh, herself, who I get to give literal flowers to today. You have the last name. I think that is so beautiful and timely that you have and appropriate that your last name is Flowers. So we are um, going to extend the stage, but I do want to remind everyone that this is still, you know, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, but also Child Abuse Prevention Month. And so it is great to have not only a fellow advocate of that, but somebody who is definitely a champion in our community, does a lot of great things, and will be telling us more about that today. So, Miss Flowers, yes, could yes. you please let the great people know a little bit about you, who are you, what you do? All right. Well, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Yes. Um, again, Angela Flowers. I'm a licensed independent social worker, so I am a mental health therapist. I'm a mom, um, first and foremost. I am a published author. Hey. Yes. But also just... Um, a mental health um, advocate, like you said. So Definitely. go out into the community. It doesn't matter what um, age group, uh, mental health. We all experience some form of mental health. And just talking about our wellness is so important and key that um, I enjoy just being able to support people's journeys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And since we are talking about like, a little, we talk about a little bit of everything, I would love to learn more about, you know, all parts. But speaking of like child abuse prevention, and just like the importance of providing like preventative work and all that, you know, what would you say, like, how do you feel like you fit into that kind of work? And why is it so important to you? I think first and foremost, um, when we're talking to youth, them understanding too what's considered abuse. Mm -hmm. So the prevention piece is educating them on different vocabulary, also mm -hmm. making sure that they're aware of um, the community resources and the types of support and help that they can have. But constantly, constantly, if they are experiencing any form of abuse, equipping them with the coping skills and mechanisms that they need in order to get through situations if they're stuck into a situation that may not be as healthy for them. Oh, so I feel like just making sure we equip them with um, just forms of expression that yes. are healthy, yep. but then also to having them to be able to identify who supports them. So right. who's in their support system. Absolutely. I definitely think we can't do that enough. And that's actually an interesting but unfortunate reality I feel like that we face is that a lot of our children don't know, though, that yeah. they're actually in abusive situations. And because they might have actually unfortunately experienced it at home, like it's actually yeah. normalized. It's normalized. Yeah. And it's so funny that you said that this afternoon um, we were talking about healthy and unhealthy relationships with yeah, a group absolutely. of eighth grade um, young men at Buer. Right. And um, their conversation of what's considered abuse mm. Uh, it, it's just so eye opening, right. but to hear them talk about like trust and respecting people's boundaries and right. respecting their property, making sure that if they're dating, the person isn't going through their cell phone right. or that they're not doing that. They're not controlling how the person dresses. Absolutely. And I think the earlier we teach them what's considered healthy mm -hmm. and then what's a boundary violation, right. I think the more and more we're able to destigmatize just like unhealthy relationships as they grow older, Absolutely. but it helps them even 
so with this group of boys, it helps them to express themselves because they said that a lot of times they're taught to hold things in because they're young men. Oh, absolutely. See, and that's what I think we definitely can't. I de and, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation about that. Like, and that's see, that's where the importance lies, because I just feel like, you know, the ultimate unfortunate danger is that some of them end up holding too much in to yeah. the point where, you know, they might end their life or they might think that they have no other option or that they are alone. When yeah. in fact, it's just that, yeah, unfortunately, we live in a society that says that. But it's like, it's also so sad. I think that we that we do instill that because to me, it's such a strength. I would love to. And also, even in a partner, I would love to have somebody who does communicate. They communicate openly and yes, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and has that, yeah, that emotional maturity, but also yeah. like that vulnerability. But like Definitely. can do that in a healthy way. And they're okay with feeling safe to drop the lines to say, This yes. is what I'm feeling. Right. This is what's going on with me. And they feel comfortable to know. It doesn't make you less manly or it doesn't make you nope. less womanly, you know, right. to, to do these kind of things and yes. express yourself. This is just what healthy communication looks like. Right. Absolutely. But that is interesting. You said too, that it, it can go on both genders though, yes. too, because I definitely have heard so many students who will say that like, they, I just don't know. I don't want to cry. Like who does that? I don't want to like, I don't need to be weak. I don't want my friends to see me in that way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to even be perceived as if it's not okay to actually feel how we feel. Yeah. And a lot of them come from those environments, though, those right. family environments. It right. may be we didn't hug growing yes. up. Oh, yes. Or we didn't say I love you. So right. it feels uncomfortable and it yep. feels like, mm, well, we just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we exactly. didn't do that. And right. so I'm seeing it more and more, though, with some of our females or people that identify as females saying, right. like, I don't express no. that way. Yeah, I just don't. True. Right. That is very true. And then unfortunately what I see happening too, though, is that they very often, a lot of their needs are unmet yeah. and a lot of things are happening, but they're not realizing it's because of that lack of communication. They're not yeah. saying it, but then in turn, that's what happens when you don't express yourself though. Like yeah. nobody's able to properly respond. Right. They can't read your mind and no. they can't just know that this is what you needed or want it right. because it wasn't expressed. Not at all. But I do appreciate that. That is why like the blueprint is now being created for a lot of them because it makes sense though. So like, if you never had it, if you never got to see it like life in a healthy way or like relationships, you know, in that way. And for a lot of parents, I don't even think they do it intentionally, by the way, right. you know, we're, you know, we're to be clear, we get that. That's just, it's just passed down. Like it's a lot of like cyclical out of us for a lot of us, you know, they were more concerned about going to work and nobody, you know, got time to yeah. show emotions and do all these things. I'm trying to pay the bills. <laughs> like okay. I'm more concerned about what I need to get done and like what's happening but at the same time now I just love that the students know how to do that and that we can open up that new world to them that like education that extends well beyond just what they're learning yeah in the classroom. and that's a great point because too I feel like this generation of young people are more open to talk about mental health and mm -hmm. just talk about yes. those things in general right before like in my generation you never heard people young people say I'm depressed or right. you never heard them oh, say, Oh, I have anger issues or things going on. It just was something that wasn't communicated or talked about. It was more taboo, right. but now they're embracing it more to say, Hey, it's okay. If I'm not okay. Yes. I know right. that I'm not. So now what? Yes. So I think they are more open oh, now yeah. yes. to receive help. Yes. And I think that's a breakthrough for us as mental health professionals oh, because yes. the stigma attached to mental health with only people that are a certain type of way go to counseling or therapy yes. or they seek out services. I think a piece of the shame has been kind of um, lifted. For sure. 
I know ooh, I agree. And I'm glad that because it has been lifted and because there is now that unique opportunity for us to step forward and take advantage of that and like have that, that we can have those conversations. We could definitely educate and provide awareness, but also I'm glad we're helping with it because if they don't get the information from us, they gonna get it somewhere else. And right. so I'm sure you've seen that like, so cause I, I will let them know in a heartbeat. I really did not have as many platforms as these kids have. Like yeah. they have to balance multiple pages. Yeah. Like they actually have a really big image, if anything, like a certain, you know, like on Instagram, they have all these, they have all these different platforms and things and they're getting a lot of information from it. Overload. Like, yeah. And too much of it. TikTok is another one that I'm just like, I don't, I, <laughs> And, and you know what it is too. Social media has come in and just destroyed, yeah. destroy people's self confidence, their self esteem, right. even images. But when you start to search for something, the platforms produce absolutely all of those things. So if I'm searching for something and I'm saying I'm depressed, now you get all these ads that are saying do this, that, right. that, that. So I think it can become overload too, depending on what you're searching for too. This is true. Yeah, this is true. So yeah, you end up creating like your own virtual reality that yeah. they now feed into and then will give you. And, but then that's also what I think was alarming to me to find out that you can find like steps behind certain things. So like, and some students didn't, they didn't realize too that the danger of like the certain things they post. So they yeah. were like trying to share about their mental health and they use TikTok as, you know, as an example. So they were on there sharing that, but little did they know, like the students that were tuning in weren't necessarily just there to support they were also getting ideas of like yeah, ways of to what be to able. do yes of so I'm what like, uh, to do yeah. this is not what it was meant to be for but it wasn't it was to educate and right. to be an outlet for them to be able to share exactly. what was going on but right. yeah it does if if a person is in an unhealthy space right it can then um give them confirmation of oh right maybe mm -hmm. this was my sign yep to do something or to do that or whatever. And so it, it can be very, very dangerous, which is why parents need to monitor. Oh, yes, definitely. Monitor social media platforms. If you oh, have yeah. younger kids, too, that aren't old enough to be on social media, but they, we know that they are. Oh, yes. Um, Please Putting do. in some of those parental blocks mm -hmm. and just, like, regulating the amount of time that oh, yes. they're on social media. And I, and I can't agree more. And as a parent myself, I've definitely, I've even honestly thought that I was one of those that I was like, oh no, but I don't need to like, they, they're not, there's not much that they're going to find or like that they're going to know. And how would they even know to look for that or what's going to happen now? I found out very well that they're having very plentiful and rich conversations at school and they will, if they don't already know about it, they're going to get the blueprint at school. So like they will find out through their friends through all of that. So we do, we need to do our due diligence to make yeah. sure that we can help curb it. Cause I don't mind that they learn a lot of things. Cause I also do think of course there's a blessing in there too like technology right. also gives them opens up a new world for them you know they could travel to a whole different country just sitting in their living room you know and like right. learn all these great things but definitely there's got to be that balance between how yeah. much they see yeah so that balance definitely. is definitely key oh i can't agree more and so as a mental health i'm also curious like so were you always did you always know that you were going to end up in this kind of field doing this kind of work or like where did that start you know what I never went to school initially to be a mental health person. Okay. I went to school to be a doctor. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I did that for three years. Okay. So I majored in pre-medical and biomedical engineering. Wow. Um, at John Carroll University. And so I initially started off in that lane and there was some discrimination and things going on behind the scenes that imagine. deterred me from advancing in mm. that particular major. So I had um, got into my first psychology class. Right. 
absolutely love the professor, absolutely love the class. And I was like, let me see what else I can do, but can I still graduate on time? This is true. So, <laughs> right. right. Don't want to waste on that. So I didn't want to, and I wanted to graduate in the four years. I started taking more and more of the psychology and soci- sociology classes, right. fell in love with it, ended up with a psych degree not realizing Mm -hmm. I could do nothing with that four-year psych degree. And I was like, either I go to grad school for psychology for four more years and I become a psychologist, which I later found out was just mostly testing and it wasn't the actual therapy, or I could go the other route of social work. So when I went the other route of social work, I ended up at Case Western Reserve and wonderful program I got hands-on experience and immediately took the licensure and got licensed immediately by the time it was time to graduate Okay, and went from there. So I've been in the field and been licensed for 20 years now. Okay. No small feet there. Yes. yes. Wow. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So you never look back clearly. Never never look back. I feel like it's my calling. Like I naturally am a people person. Yes. I love to help people. Right. I'm a great listener. So It was natural and it never feels like work to me. But Mm. initially when I first became a mental health school social worker, it was draining Mm. because of the balance of not understanding that I'm taking in a lot of energy and a lot of people's problems and issues and those kind of things. And I'm empathetic already. Oh my gosh. So, and I'm a big crybaby. So all of that was weighing on me and I was burning myself out Mm, and I had to realize you have to put a boundary in place for your right. own mental health Lord, so yes. that everything doesn't become too overwhelming. And once I was able to figure that out and figure out how to do it, mm. it's it's not like work. I love, I absolutely love all aspects of it. So when I initially started off, I was children and youth and families. So mm. I only wanted to work with kids and teens. That was okay. it. Okay. But as I look at my private practice, I have right. transitioned into working with college students adults and mostly seniors which is interesting wow so yeah it's interesting because i'm like i never wanted to do therapy with adults right but my clientele right now is mostly adults wow and it's so interesting how it came about because i've been in the field for so long that when i was in the schools i'm working with teens they become adults and then they they seek me out and then they have kids and they're like hey can you work with my kid? Right. And then right. as they get older and they keep growing, they're yes. referring me right. to other people that they know. Wow. But 60 to 70% of the referrals that our agency has received has been self-referrals from the kids identifying themselves for services wow. or saying, you worked with my friend. Can you work with me? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we Come don't even now. advertise the counseling piece at all. And we're always booked. Okay, come on now. Yeah. So see, to the, to the future counselors, clearly you're needed. <laughs> so like, definitely, come on now. You know what I mean? If you're thinking about it or considering it, but you also mentioned that population, the school social workers. We gonna go ahead and shout them out. Most <laughs> because, social workers, hey, unsung heroes. Because definitely. yeah, and I, I agree with everything you said. And I mean, um, you know, being within that, I can definitely uh, attest that it is it is a lot. And I do think that there's a lot, of, and that's why I always love to shout out any educators. Really, you know what I mean? Anybody that's out here, we serving youth in any way. You're you are definitely celebrating here <laughs> because yeah. we do realize there is a lot but it is like you said it is that empathy piece though I, I don't think I can echo that enough that especially when you care I mean because you already get into this because you care because you yeah. already care about youth you know what I mean and you want to help others and you want to be able to like you know be part of that positive change but in the process yes you do take a lot and so I think that that's you know an incredible thing to point out you know that yeah. 
you can do that. But I think it's also awesome that in the process of doing that, you still pivoted and found a way to still impact others, but not let yourself go down that path of burnout. Because that yeah. burnout is real now. Burnout is too real. Listen. Your body will tell you. <laughs> right. If you don't sit down, right. it will sit you down. Yeah, I'm no. telling you. And so being able to just identify Ooh. those key signs of what right. burnout looks like yes. um, is important, but also recognizing, too, when you're not 100% taking care of you. Right. Because it's going to show up. Yes, this is very true. And I just think our happiness is too expensive, y'all. So, like, I think yeah. we should definitely be paying more attention to that. And I, and I will say, I mean, I'm only saying that now with more authority because I haven't always done it, you know? So I do feel like Same. in the past, right, like, I have been guilty of, you know, slaving away, doing what I needed to do, and then, like, sacrificing my happiness in the process and not realizing, like, oh, I can actually get both? Like, I didn't, I did you not think, I didn't know that I could do that. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. I thought that was, like, a revolutionary thought. I'm like, that's reserved for people that can afford to do that or, like, have it in certain ways no do not count yourself out y'all you are worth that you know definitely you can manifest it you can put the work in but you definitely don't have to burn yourself out and overwork no not at all it's a balance it's about balancing it's definitely a balancing time management is important right prioritizing what's most important and hitting those things but also definitely your happiness so that if you're a giver and a pourer you can pour into those as you're pouring back into you Oh, amen. Hello. Y'all need to write that down. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> but agreed. And I do think it's something that's easy to forget because it is easy to write off. And also when you do keep yourself busy and you do all those things and when you're already in a service oriented role, that is what I think we forget the most. That's the first yeah. thing to like not think about. But it's also hard to show up for others. Like we really we definitely got to make sure we do not forget about home base, <laughs> you know, like coming yeah. back, grounding ourselves and doing what we can and like reminding ourselves, you know, and, and pumping ourselves back up to be able to go back out there and then still definitely because when you don't show up for you Mm-mm. what's gonna happen is you're gonna become more irritable oh yes oh guilty you, you're gonna be you, yeah it's, <laughs> right. it's natural it's natural right. because it's more of like you're taking away from you and just a piece of your happiness right but also it's more of like I as I'm giving 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 right. I still need to replenish myself as well right. so I'm able to reciprocate that and and just give right. and so you definitely got to take care of you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Start here first. To. Yes. Start here first. Right. And then you'll be able to give Help more out. Yeah. Absolutely. And I definitely think what was uh, cool about what you shared is that. So I heard private practice, but then I also hear this programming that you do. So I yes. know that those might be different entities, but for people who don't know all how you do all that. So what are the two things that you, those two different buckets that you have? Okay. So the two different buckets, programming is what I love and enjoy. So with the programming, that's being able to go into the school, whether it's myself, uh, people on my team, being able to have programs that focus on social and emotional learning. So responsible decision-making relationship building skills, actually self-awareness and our Mm. self-esteem and identifying who we are and where we're at in our journeys. But then also to being able to manage how we feel. So our emotions. So we incorporate all of the social and emotional learning techniques into programming and we do programming K-12. And so it's based on the need of the individual school or um, the after school program. Okay. And we customize the curriculum based on that population. So it's not like a ready-made approach. Yeah, we have a shell of a program, but then we'll go in and say, oh, no, these students need this, this, and this. And then we create and wrap around those programs based on um, what they say, too, as what they want to work on. So we always interview, um, typically interview the students beforehand to get their buy-in into programming so that when we start, 
There isn't any kind of funny business. It's like you chose to be here. Yes, exactly. You selected to be here. <laughs> right. you wanted but this. then this is what you all said you want to work on. So Correct. as the curriculum goes, this is things that you're, when else do you have a chance to say what you want to learn? Right, right. Own and it. you have that authority to be able to say, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I need to work on. This is what right. I'm interested in. And then it's created for you. Oh, yes. Definitely. So the program and piece is key. Um, oh, yeah. We always make sure that there is coping skills embedded into any programs we do, whether it's our entrepreneurship programs, our chess programs, whether it's our gender specific programming. Right. There's some type of skill base. Um, we don't make it feel like therapy. Right. So we have cool names for the program. So the kids don't even recognize <laughs> that there you go. there's a piece of psychotherapy in there that's Absolutely. embedded. Right. Because we're educating them constantly, letting them have discussions, letting mm. them think about what some of these um, questions are. And then also there's some type of engagement. Mm. But at the end of the day, we want them to be able to rationalize or have some kind of skill to where now I can think about my decisions before I do them. Right. Now I can Super calm key. myself down before I hit somebody. Yes, yes. I can walk away. I can take some deep breathing techniques. Right. So it's giving them and equipping them with those skills, but also to giving them a voice. Mm. Come on now. So allowing them to know that creative writing or self-expression or those kind of things are healthy coping skills, but it's helping them through whatever the situations are that they're going through. Come on. And so um, the programming piece is one aspect of what we do at right. making a difference consulting the therapy piece or the, um, the trainings that we do for professionals is another aspect of what we do. And so we do a lot of um, professional development, whether it's for parents mm. to help them and educate them on um, just different ways to interact if they have a child that has a disability. Right. Or just in general, if they're a grandparent that is doing kinship care, what are the resources that are here? Right. Um, allowing them to just understand what's available for them and to right. them, to their families. So we try to make sure our programming whether it's for the adult, whether it's for the professional, that is something that they can walk away with Absolutely. and say, I learned something more about mental health or I learned a strategy to be able to help me with mm. the young people that I'm working with. Right. Oh, yes. yes. So needed. And how many times have we said that, too, that, like, you know, in school, I wish we were learning, you know, more practical skills like that, things that I could take away, things that I could really apply in the rest of my life. It's happening now, y'all. <laughs> you know, so this is right. the creative way. Like, and it is because I think those are definitely skills that we could still be working on as adults. <laughs> you we know what I mean? Definitely. Like, exactly. Lifelong. That's uh -huh. a lifelong thing to be able to do. So, like, the fact that we can equip those skills early on, come yeah. on, is definitely invaluable to be able to do that definitely. and start that. So I love it. And I agree with you. I think that that. It makes sense that, I mean, I would probably feel similarly, of course, with programming. Like, it does. It makes you come to life, like, being able to, and get to know the students on that level, too. Since we're going to be having those kind of discussions, yeah. you definitely get to know the students on a more intimate level in that way. But then also help cultivate, like, these beliefs. I mean, because if we are going to help them and really see the world in that new lens and, like, equip them, like you said, to see relationships in a healthy mindset with a different perspective, we definitely got to, we got to start with that, you know, and equipping those do. skills. Yeah, yeah, having those conversations, but come skill building yes. is going to be key. Right. And also, too, like if they come in already because maybe they've experienced trauma. Right. Or they um, are bringing in a certain type of mentality because of how they grew up. Right. Not shaming them for that. Oh, Lord, yes. And please. meeting them where they're at and allowing them to express because sometimes they'll say, well, this is how my grandma act, or this is right. generational. Like, this is just yes, how what we, we do. do. Yes. yes. 
Yes. But but not making them feel bad about it, but right. then saying, okay, is this what you want for you? Correct. Is there something else that you want for you that maybe you can't see it because you're just stuck in this area? Right. I know. And I love that. I love being able to challenge them on that because it's also like, are you the same person, you know, that you were, you know, raised by? Like, are you just like your parents or would you, or, or is it okay to actually give yourself permission to live your own life yeah. your way? Cause you're different. You have like different skills you have. And even if, you know, if it hadn't been, cause unfortunately trauma aside, even right. if it wasn't for that, they already have, you have different qualities and characteristics that are different than, you know, your family members. So it's okay to now form your own path, you know, yeah. and, and be able yeah. to do that. But definitely the trauma piece can't be ignored because unfortunately a lot of our students I mean it's hard to find anyone that's unaffected by trauma let's that's be true. honest I mean, that's you true. know what I mean like it's there and so like I think what's better about it is definitely that recognition of it you know yeah. and just simply like you said just really just saying that we know it's there you know and just but now what can we do like how can we overcome it like yeah. how can we not be defined by it you know yeah. and not let that be the you know just a part of our story not the whole thing it definitely so, shouldn't be the right. whole thing yes it's, it's a piece right and there is a message right. in the mess, mm. but then it's also taking that message and defining who you become from that mess. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Ooh, yes. So you actually, you have the choice to mm -hmm. decide when you want to heal, if you're going to heal, what you're going to heal from, but then right. saying, okay, this is my path, a piece of my path, but what's next for me? What right. do I want? What else do I want? Right. What do yeah. I dream about? Yeah, exactly. What was my dreams before somebody may have crushed them? I know. Exactly. It made me doubt myself that I couldn't even do exactly. it. Exactly. Like, yeah, seriously. Because there are people that are dream killers. Right. Well, in that part, because also shout out to the fact that, I mean, I do think it was a great pivot. So I think it was a blessing in disguise that you did end up here now as a mental health professional. But you did mention that you actually heard some messages that actually deterred you yeah. from being on that. That is, you know, yeah. and that's a big thing. Like yeah. how many others have also been in there? Because I think it was dope. Like you're trying to be a doctor out here. You know what I mean? So like, right. you know, and do all that. And then for someone to discourage that, you know, it's just not even. But it, but it does happen like every day. It happens. And you know what, though, too, when I when I reflect and think back on why I wanted to become a doctor. Yeah. It wasn't even my idea and thought. It was okay. placed on me. Look at that. So it was, your grades are so great. My family wanted to have the first doctor oh, in the yes. family. One of those Heard kind of before. things. Yep. Yeah. So it was a little bit of pressure that way. Mm. And I just was like, yeah, this would be yeah. dope. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> do like, yep. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to be a doctor. I had a full ride. So it was more, uh, I was valedictorian. It was more of like, it makes sense. Yes, it fits. <laughs> yeah. But the more and more I thought of it, it was a blessing in disguise. I just hate that it happened mm -hmm. that way because right. it was a form of oppression and discrimination. Right. But it got me to my true path. Oh, yes. Yeah, you need to be yeah. here. So, yeah, yes, so right. It worked out the way it needed to. It did. And speaking of that, so I love that you do programming because that is how we met. And so, yeah, so we were at um, school. And that's what I love. So it was it was definitely pretty evident from the time you came in. But you were definitely a blessing that was given to me, y'all. <laughs> so um, shout out to uh, all the great districts that are around, including Cleveland Metropolitan School District. Um, and a proud product of it. That's what I'm saying. So hello. Me you know, too. That's what me I'm too. saying. Alumni. You know, we don't toot that. Um, but I definitely love that now they have these great you know opportunities where they're bringing in more mental health you know services and they're seeing that need like we were talking about and these gaps that need to be filled. Yeah. And so it was really great because unfortunately in my school there was a student that we lost and so and it was it was earth shattering especially to have gotten that news on my birthday like I might have mentioned to you all already it was it was I'm definitely still you know processing yeah. you know that's nothing 
super easy to be able to like come to terms with and i mean that is how grief works you know it's just that we can learn how to manage it it's not necessarily that it disappears but we learn how to do that and so you definitely you were brought to me as a resource so it was uh told to me that there are people you can bring in like if you would like to have more mental health services especially for students who also might be grieving could you did are you interested so that's what that was a for sure (laughs) y'all it was nothing i had to think about like i knew for sure i wanted that but then i got the pleasure of being able to see you in action you know with the students so that happened so you know how was that for you for me the process was absolutely amazing it was one of the groups that i talked about the most oh great oh look at that y'all hey yes (laughs) and so anytime it was time to share in our uh, mental health meetings about the progress Mm -hmm. and the ups and downs and any growth that we saw i always mentioned this particular grief group because i could see transformation occurring Mm. and to be able to see students have an aha moment yes and make a connection and say I really didn't want to do that activity last week, but this is what I learned from it. Right. And it helped me do this and this. So to mm-hmm. see that, um, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But also, too, when you think about grief, a lot of times it's not a group that people enjoy. Yeah, no. We you embrace know, it, that it, it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's not something that you enjoy. But right. for me, it was something that I was grieving at the time as we're doing this group because mm-hmm. my dad had just passed away. And so... For me, it was a healing piece in that mm. to be able to teach and to watch the, the students transform, but right. also recognizing, too, that I was already at peace with mm-hmm. my dad's transition. So this particular group was one that I just was like, this is just an amazing group of right. scholars. Mm-hmm. Just amazing to see them support each other. Right. And right. they may not all have been the best of friends with each other, but there were pockets of that. Yes. And to see them support each other as a whole, or if someone was missing, they would say, well, can I take this for this person that wasn't here and share the information and activity and to have you Santana just be there and just be (laughs) a support and advocate for the scholars. But to see the love that you poured out to them. I appreciate it. Was it was just amazing for me. And that's what I talked about. Um, just to have someone that was supportive and they have a person, they have their person and their building. So to see that it's just amazing. Like everybody needs a Santana in their building. (laughs) They do. They do. We need more mental health advocates that are of color, um, serving those populations, the most vulnerable populations that sometimes, um, are hesitant for mental health services because they may not connect Right. No, that's um, very true. Super and it may deep. not mean that the person is not good for them. Right. They may sometimes have a guard up where it's blocking them, the person that's receiving the services from being able to receive. Oh, yes. Yes. So. We can't say that enough. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. See, and, and, and I do agree. I definitely felt like so similarly. I'm glad that it was. It, it felt the similar for me on the healing level. So it was definitely great to be able to do that with them, essentially. And that's what they do a lot. I mean, these students, they teach us a lot in the process. They will. They are, they were going to humble you, y'all. So that's something you have not worked with youth before. Like, it's incredibly rewarding in that way um, to be able to see that and, like, the great lessons that they can, like, give you as well. But I do agree. I definitely think it's just a caliber. And I do think everybody brags about their kids. So here we go. Um, of course, I think 
think my kids are great. <laughs> I'm like, they're great. You know what I'm saying? But, but I agree. But it, but also like our youth in general are pretty incredible. Like, yeah. and so, you know, and then I think like, no, I do agree though. Some of them, if you, if they can do the bare minimum and they can get away with it, they are going to try. But if you challenge them, they going to rise to that <laughs> occasionally. Definitely. And so that's what's been fascinating to me. Cause they'll tell me, they'll definitely confide in me that like, I don't know. I don't always like my schoolwork. I don't always, you know, they don't see the value in it right now and all those mm-hmm. things. But then, but we can have a conversation about like things that are happening in the world and all that. And they have all these insights yes. to share and yes. like they look at it from like introspective, like, you know, intersectional lens. And I'm like, wait, look at y'all. Like, wait, let like, me find out. It. Yes. And it's just, and it, it helped me realize they really do observe a lot more than what they always say, you know, and they may not always share it, you know, unless they feel trusted enough or like comfortable and safe to be able to share that. But if you let them, they have so much to offer the world. They definitely do. And let me say this. If you go work with kids um, and your passion Mm. is not there and they can tell you're going through the motions and you're not genuinely (laughs) invested Mm. They will tell you if your program whack. <laughs> yes. They gonna hold that back. Nah. They will not hold it back. Like, oh right. no, I don't want to go to that. It's boring or it's whack. <laughs> yes. Like, they will say that. And so, <laughs> yep. I mean, you can't take it personally. No. You may not be for everyone, yeah. so you can't take it personally. But it will challenge you, especially <laughs> high school, to step your game up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta be on your p's and q's, y'all. Yes, they gonna notice. I agree. And that's also what's been great to see is that because they are great judges of character, and so mm-hmm. I feel like, and they do, they get, and I already think they already get discredited enough. You know that they don't know a lot of that, but nah, you should give them. You got to give them the credit because yeah. definitely they do know and they know what's good for them. And I love that. And I love to see our youth advocating for themselves. I do too. Yes, do like y'all step up. They do it better than I did at their age. To yeah. be honest, I was like, hold on, I feel like I was a little bit reserved compared to y'all. Like uh-huh. you gonna tell it like it is. You gonna ask for what you want. Like, but I love to see it. Yeah, because they do deserve it. They do. But they do. They um are very bold. Yes. Um, I know at one of the schools, the students organized the walkout. Okay. And it was a walkout against um, violence, and I know mm. that the 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 principal got wind of it and decided to kind of hightail their walkout. <laughs> oh no! And so I kind of feel bad about it because these students had really organized this, and it was going to be a demonstration and all of that, and then they made it a fire alarm. Uh, like uh, we're walking out in solidarity with you, and it's kind of like uh, don't do that, right? Yeah. How you gonna hijack? Don't hijack <laughs> yeah, it. Like, going so on? I'm sure those particular students are planning something else. Yep, <laughs> for their demonstration. But I love yes. the fact that they're gonna stand on their beliefs. Yes, exactly. Gonna Nobody gonna get away. Yeah, right. So that's that's a a great great component. Oh yes, definitely needed. So yes, so I love, and it, and that's what we need. So I love that as you all heard, there's so many topics to be able to like touch on with them. And I love that in, with, for us, in the process of them talking about grief, because grief is complex in and of itself, yes. and there's so many things that you can grieve, they ended up talking about a lot. They so, did. Yeah, they, did. they like really went through those processes, and even by the end, the things that they were able to take away were like phenomenal to me. I was even like astounded to I know, hear I was that. like, you go. Right, you exactly. Go. And you tell them. <laughs> And I think that that's something great for us, like we said, to be able to do that, to like give yourself permission to grieve the things that you are grieving in your life, you know, and and it's okay to feel that, you know, and to not always be all right with that because it is, you know, some days it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks and other days you may be okay. But like, that doesn't mean that you're not doing it the right way. Like there is no particular process. No, there isn't. It's no right way. Definitely. And, um, taking your time. So like you said, acknowledging where you at. Oh, yeah, yes. mindful in the moment of your feelings, your emotions. Right. Um, but giving yourself permission to feel like that. Oftentimes, especially if it's tears that's coming and we feel mm. sad, we hurry up and try to bring oh, yeah. ourselves, get ourselves together. It's like, I don't want to feel this, but right. it may be what your body needed. 
Yes. You may need to release those toxins. You Absolutely. may need to let those tears flow and just feel it and give yourself three days. Yes. Say, let me, if I feel like this for three days, maybe I'll get it out, but then maybe then I'll pull myself right. to the next level if I need to. And just get myself together or whatever. Oh, absolutely. And I also think, I also want to shout the fact that a lot of times when we cry, the main thing I'll hear people say is, I'm sorry. Like, you need to apologize for your tears. You never right. need to do that, you right. know? And I think a lot of times we feel like we have to pull ourselves together, like you mentioned, or that we've done something wrong. And it's like, no, you haven't. Right. Because your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. In that moment. You know it. And if it doesn't escape then, it's going to find a different time to come out. <laughs> so you it don't definitely want... will. Uh, oftentimes, I tell people, too, like, when you suppress, suppress, suppress oh, your, your feelings, yes. you're building them up. So right. as you think about a balloon and you're blowing air into a balloon, mm. that pressure... Oof. is going to compile and compress and come on to eventually it's going to explode. Right. And how it explodes and how it leaks out to mm. other people could be through anger. It yes. could be through self-harm. It could be through violent acts. It could right. be through um, just shutting down. Right. right. And so that's why the expression is so important to be able to express, mm. but feel how you feel. So you don't have a breakdown. So right. you don't leak out onto other people and hurt other people. Cause you're hurting. Right. So being able to recognize like, okay, I need help or okay. I need a mental health day today. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to do it. And it's okay. <laughs> right. And not to feel guilty. No, not at all. You don't owe anybody anything. You got to put yourself first. <laughs> so definitely that I agree. And so I'm also curious, like, so for those who may um, be considering like also similarly to either get in this field, to do the kind of work, like what you do, if you had any advice for those people, what advice would you give them? So my advice would yes. be shadow somebody. Mm hmm. Interview somebody that um, may be in the field already. Right. But really, if you're going to be in this field, making sure that you yourself have been in therapy. Mm. Because you may be bringing some baggage to the table, right. some trauma that you thought that you've worked through that may become triggered as you are starting to work with other people. Right. And so you definitely want to be able to make sure that you're okay before mm -hmm. you start working with others. Amen. But the best therapists are those that have gone through something. Yes. And they become so relatable because mm -hmm. they have had something that they've gone through. So it's not just textbook. Right. It becomes authentic and real. Right. And so being able to just be who you are in this space is important, right. but making sure you're not oversharing. Mm. Yes, yes, exactly. Once again, balance is always key, but your authenticity is definitely your currency, so you should definitely do that and, you know, lead with that. And again, knowing that the right audience is going to appreciate you for it, <laughs> including kids, and <laughs> they will definitely. definitely recognize that. So that's awesome. And I guess the only other thing I was curious about, too, is that what lies in store in the future? You know, I know you're already doing great things and all these yes. wonderful things, but are there things on the horizon? Um, for the horizon, um, taking it to the next level. Okay. So I see myself on stages. I'll okay. be on the stage. Let's go. <laughs> talking to a group of women professionals just about leveling up and managing their time. Right. So doing more and more community engagement, large scale activities, right. but then also to um, more on demand trainings okay. and being able to 
actually train and cultivate the next counselor social workers that are coming into the field, working with young people or maybe going into private practice, but helping them with their skill building. Oh, yes. So that's that's the next level for me. Okay, very, very good. So, yes. And if if people did want to, like, connect with you more, find out more or like, you know, tap in with you, how can they do that? They can reach me on um, social media at Teen Talk Guru. Okay. Or they can reach me on all the other platforms under Angela C. Flowers. Okay. Look at that, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. So, yeah, y'all should definitely tap in. Because if there was definitely anything that, like, resonated with you or that, you know, you took away, obviously you have somebody that, like, genuinely, like, not only does the work, but obviously loves to be able to help others and wants to continue to empower. So you should definitely take advantage of that. And uh, I know I sure am. <laughs> I'm so glad to have someone new and, like, Thank in you. my network. Absolutely. And so, like, I definitely love that. The way that happened, it was obviously, things always work out the way they need to, but I just always love when, you know, that does occur. And that's why I'm so glad that, you know, you have extended. And honestly, it has been. So, like, even you being here today, um, this is definitely, you know, it was definitely an offer that was extended. But I'm just so glad that you, you know, were able to take up on that. And, like, and honestly, has been so supportive of so many things. Like, I could ask. There's no question I have been able to ask that has gone unanswered and all that. And that's what I need you all to take advantage of. When you meet somebody, you know what I'm saying, and there's a potential person. So, when I had told you all a couple episodes ago about mentors tapping in and, like, growing your networks and your circles, this is what I mean. (laughs) Because the minute I met you, I was like, oh, this is you're doing things that I would love to learn more about, you know, and I would love to follow in the great example that you have set. You do it so genuinely. It's so authentic. Yeah. And it just like exudes from you. So like, could I possibly learn from you? Let's go. And I said, let's go. When we meet. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Go win. So, yes, yeah, so I encourage everybody else to do that as well. You know, um, please, you know, encourage your youth if you can, but also encourage yourself, you know. So whatever you can do, because, of course, when we're talking about all this violence prevention, it's also let you know how you could put your own needs first, you know, yeah. and that in order for us to live in a violence-free world, it includes us also loving ourselves, you know, so we can't forget about that in the process of doing this work for everyone else. Definitely your self-worth is so key because right. when you love you and you know that you're worthy, right. you're not going to accept certain things. Oh, amen. Let's go. Whether yep. it is verbal abuse, right, physical abuse, sexual assault, sexual abuse, like right. you're not you're you're gonna say something about it. You're gonna advocate mm-hmm. against it. You're gonna speak up and say um, what has occurred. Right. You know. Right. And so, love you. Let's do it. Love you. Every single day of the week. <laughs> so let's do that. So thank y'all, as always, for tuning into this episode. Any episode that you have ever, like, listened to or supported, your support is always so wonderful. And um, not only, you know, this edition, but again, you know, every other Friday, tune in because we're going to bring you some more things. But thank you, as always, for now. And any of the feedbacks you have, please uh, tap in. Uh, you can find Santana Says on any of the, you know, podcast platforms and YouTube. But also you can find me on Instagram with Santana Says with one underscore. Or you can tap into on Facebook as well. So I'm there so i would love to get your feedback let me know how things are any ideas you have whatever else you need but thank you as always and thank you thank you thank you for having me thank you